This is Best Coast Football. We have made it to week two. I'm Tim We Kelly. did it. We, we did, did it. it. We did it. This is, you also heard that first episode, or maybe you didn't, but you didn't, you thought it was a one-time thing, but hey, we have a game in the books. I'm Tim Kelly. He's Cody Peterson. We're rolling, We're baby. We are rolling. Roll tie? Wait, no, no, no. <laughs> no Mike Price references. No Pac-12, Pac-10 at the time references. We have one game in the books already. And we have a slate of, I guess everybody's playing this coming weekend. So, Cody, where do we begin? Well, why don't we talk about why don't we talk about the one actual game, like you said, in the books? Um, I don't know how much of the UCLA game you managed to watch. I would say I got to watch a healthy chunk, especially the first half before it got well out of hand. Uh, UCLA uh, at home, 44-10 over Hawaii. Um Rush for team rush for 244 yards on 43 attempts, so healthy six yards per carry or so. Um, of that, Zach Charbonnet, who's a transfer from Michigan, six touches, 106 yards, three touchdowns, pretty good start <laughs> to his year. I I did not see too much of the game. Uh, I was still treating this as a non-college football weekend. I know, blasphemy, but it was sabbatical. It was a sabbatical week. A sabbatical. Yeah, you got to rest. You got to rest, yeah, rest up. I mean, um, I will tell you that you you're you didn't need to uh, dial in to to know how Dorian Thompson Robinson was going to play because you you called it. He's their strength and he's also their weakness. In this this week, he was definitely a weakness. Uh, Ten for twenty, 130 yards some really bad misses and I probably only saw him put the ball down the field deep but like one through like shot like he was just missing you know he, he was off I mean the, even the commentators were like this is not his best effort <laughs> so. yeah I, what I watched in the game I watched it kind of the highlights you know like the sped up version of it you know so I was found something online so I didn't I didn't see it's not that I didn't watch any of it, but yes, well, I, I didn't get the rhythm of it though. You also weren't alone in the sense that um, there are a lot of UCLA fans and season ticket holders that also didn't bother apparently to watch because the Rose yeah. Bowl's attendance was embarrassingly poor. Apparently it was 95 in Pasadena, but so, you'd still hope for a better turnout and more excitement after, you know, I saw only a, only a half season last year. And I don't know, you just expect people to be excited. But. I saw somebody on uh, Twitter blasting them and our, our boy, uh, Stuart Mandel, who we're big fans of. Did I even say his last name right? I'm such a it's good, Mandel. Mandel, okay. yeah. See, I'm such a good fan that I caught myself uh, miss saying his last name. But he, uh, Mandel, he uh, kind of joked around or, you know, took exception, if you will, and said, I mean, look at, I mean, look at, look at the weather there. You know, and then that kind of proves people's point of, uh, hey, the West Coast doesn't really care about college football. But yeah, I'm sorry, that's not a good excuse. But. Yeah, yeah, and and also, I mean, some other people though were defending it, being like, school's not in class yet, okay. But also, UCLA is what it takes an hour from campus to get to the stadium. You know, I mean, maybe on a bad day or something, but yeah, uh, I mean, it's there's there's no excuses like you're not i get it you're not going to fill the entire rose bowl for a game against hawaii but it was it was empty and um yeah i don't know just a uh underwhelming turnout so we'll talk about whether what that might mean for this week here in a little bit so yeah so you you were impressed by zach and his six carries yeah i mean he uh i would say it was to me, it was more offensive line. Like he had really clean running lanes. Um, he had, I think he had one, one of his big runs. He, he ran through four or five guys. Um, another one, it was like, he, he really just had to make one man miss and it was off to the races. So, I, I mean, certainly that stat line is impeccable for a running back, but um, I didn't see, I mean, he wasn't like a whirling dervish out there where it was like, you know, an incredible virtuoso performance. It was more, uh, you know, I think he had he had clean lanes and um, made the most of it. So I, we'll see what that means against probably a better defense next week. So, I mean, it, it kind of reminded me, though, of uh, vintage 
Chip Kelly at Oregon football. I mean, jumping out to a quick, quick lead. Uh, I think it was, I think it was 31 to three at halftime. And 24 um, in the first quarter. And just coasted. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Off to a hot start defense, obviously. I mean, 44 to 10, your defense had to play well and 31 to three at the half. So I think if you're a UCLA fan, you're probably most excited about the defensive performance. Yeah, and I mean, it also helps when the punter on Hawaii has his knee down on the first punt. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, they were thinking. Yeah, I, it was nice. It was, was nice to see Todd Graham's little microphone back, you know, seeing, oh, yeah. miss him, miss seeing him on the opposite sideline. So his but, little, like his little uh, evangelist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, televangelist. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. I mean, they they outclassed them. It looked like in every phase of the game. Um, so we got only one game in our rear view, but we got a lot of games to talk about uh, mm-hmm. this weekend. So should we jump into it? Let's let us jump into it. What is. So I thought we could go kind of sequential okay. um, and just kind of go kind of, there's a couple Thursday games because it's pack 12. So we can't play on Saturdays. We can't put all our games on Saturdays. Um Got a couple Thursday night games or Thursday games, one Friday game, and everything else is on Saturday. Um, so we'll maybe go chronological. Uh, I'm going to try to light you up with some some trivia and yeah, test your your knowledge about some of the more obscure teams they're yeah. playing. Uh, we've got quite the big sky lineup this yeah, weekend. We do. We do. Um, so first game, uh, Weber State at Utah. I did not see a line for this game, which to me I'm interpreting that as you know, none of the. Uh, None of the uh, well FCS games, FBS. Uh, uh, none of the FCS FBS matchups have lines, from what I saw. I would imagine, yeah, because it, yeah, yeah. Um, so a uh, couple, couple. So I would imagine you know their mascot, the Weber State, the Wildcats, and they play. They are based out of, um, but they're in Ogden, Ogden, Utah. Yeah. Well, well done, Damian um, Lillard. Only, only other piece of trivia here. Uh, who do you know what their rival school is? I would imagine it's in their conference. It's not Southern Utah, is it? It is Southern Utah, okay. who they play in the annual Beehive Bowl. I did not know that name. Uh, <laughs> I will say this: Weber State. Uh, my father, Brian Kelly, who played college football at South Dakota, played Weber State a few times before he oh, moved nice. to move out west, but. Uh, Yes, would it, this is actually a tough matchup for Utah. Uh, so Weber State was undefeated in the regular season last year. They, they lost in the first round of the FCS playoffs. Um, they're picked to win the Big Sky again this year. I think that would be their fourth consecutive conference championship. So this is almost as tough of an FCS opponent as you could schedule. Is there something in particular about Weber State that you, besides just the fact that they're a solid FCS team, well, Jay Hill was an assistant that, that, excuse me, the head coach of Weber State was an assistant with uh, Whittingham mm. uh, under uh, even prior to Urban Meyer getting there. And then, you know who else? You know who else is on their staff as a volunteer this year? I know, I do not. He has, he's been in coached in the state of Utah multiple times. Gary Anderson. Gary volunteer on oh, wow. volunteer on the staff I was say, wow yeah um and his, but hill uh was at utah with winningham until 2013 and then he took over this job 52 wins like you said got him to number six interesting because uh eastern washington was kind of the class when he took over and prior to that montana so like you said it's it's a tough uh it's a tough game. And, uh, you know, for somebody like Utah, who were, we assume the quarterback's going to be good, <laughs> but we don't know for sure. Tough test yeah. right out of the gates. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we talked about Zach Charbonnet being a, a big impact on UCLA's uh, opening week or week zero game. Um, so I thought we could probably try to touch on other transfers for each Pac 12 team as we go. I think you mentioned. The, you know, the most notable one for Utah yes. being the starting quarterback, Charlie yes. Brewer, who was at Baylor last year, uh, has thrown for 9,700 yards in his career. So um, I think a lot of people are expecting him, and Tim Kelly in particular is expecting him to lead 
Utah to a Pac-12 South I am crown. A, I am a uh, I'm a Brewer fan, not a Milwaukee Brewer fan, but a Chaz Brewer fan, and I think Utah will. Uh, I think Weber State will put up a better fight than most, but I think Utah ultimately will take this. Okay, well, I was going to come up with. Oh yeah, an sorry, I got a little too excited there. No, you're fine. I'm going to. I was coming up with an adjective for each game. Oh yes, uh, yes. You you seem to think it's going to be a little tighter than me. I wrote down a thrashing. That's not really an adjective. It's probably a, I don't know, an adverb or something. But, um, thrashing was my word. Forty four fourteen Utah. You think it's going to be tighter? I think it'll be tighter. I think it will be a. Uh, I think it'll be hair raising. Hair raising. Hair okay. Raising. Yeah, a little, little. Uh, you know, we're up in the third quarter, and there might be a little, uh, little spike. Do you, you have a score or a ballpark spread? Uh, I would think I'm going to think Utah. Now, granted, as high as I am on Utah, it's not sounding good. That I think Weber State's only going to lose by two scores, but it's early in the season, so I'm going to guess like uh, 31 to 17. Okay, Four, 14 point game. All right. Um. All right. Should we move on to the next game? Another other Let's Thursday game. Is the mighty team from Southern Utah the Thunderbirds? The Thunderbirds, well done, and they reside in. Oh, that's a great question. I I don't. I actually know. thought it. I thought I knew what it was. It's not. I thought it was going to be St. George, Utah. It's yeah. Cedar City, Utah. Oh, I've never even heard of Cedar City, Utah. I think it's really like deep Southern Utah. It's kind of where like the polygamous branches of the LDS <laughs> Church reside. <clears throat> uh winless in the big sky spring season not a lot uh going for the the thunderbirds these days uh they do have a left tackle braxton jones that is apparently is legit he's like a six seven and 315 pound left tackle so he's a legit nfl draft prospect uh, from the looks of it it might almost certainly the only nfl draft prospect on that roster <laughs> for the, the thunderbirds um Key transfers for ASU. They have a couple wide receivers, Jalen Conyers and Brian Thompson. Conyers is from Oklahoma, and Brian Thompson actually was at Utah. Um, also, just an honorable mention, Jack Jones, who was who's a really good corner for ASU, transferred um, in a couple seasons ago or a season and a half ago or so. Um, so they've got quite a few notable transfers on the roster for the Sun Devils. Um, I don't think this is going to be close. I think no. this is going to be probably the biggest blowout of the weekend. I, I wrote down a carpet bombing 72 to 10 for ASU. I have throttle. <laughs> Throttling is, yeah, throttle. is fair. Uh, Southern Utah, a little bit interesting about them. Uh, we are both uh, 36 years old and Southern Utah's coach is also 36 years old. Oh, wow. He's been there. He was an assistant there and then got the head job. Just a leader of men. What What's his name? Uh, Demario Warren. He was a running back in, uh, I believe, UC Davis prior to this job. So Okay. The, uh, is, he, is he new? Uh, no, he's been there. I mean, he, he's been with the program since uh, he graduated uh, college, and then he just got bumped up to head coach about five years ago. Oh, so he's been there for five. Okay. Well, speaking of relatively new head coaches, oh, yeah. let's move on to the Friday night game. Northern Colorado at Colorado. Um, Northern Colorado's mascot, Tim? They're the Bears. They're the Bears. And Northern Colorado plays and their university's based in. Oh. Uh, this is tough. I'd never heard of this one before. No, I don't know. It's a... I don't, it's almost maybe too far out to be considered a suburb of Denver, but uh, I would say it's within an hour-ish north of Denver, Greeley, Colorado. Greeley, okay, that sounds that sounds familiar now. I would I would have had no clue. I've never heard of the town Southern Utah, but I've heard of Greeley. So this might be Northern Colorado might be the only team expected to be worse than Southern Utah. Um, picked by the coaches poll to finish 13th in the conference, the media picked them to finish 12th uh, in the Big Sky. Um, new head coach, familiar last name, Ed McCaffrey. Yeah, offensive coordinator, Max McCaffrey, quarterback, Dylan McCaffrey, who transferred from Michigan to play for his dad slash brother. Volunteer so be... assistant, Christian McCaffrey. No, no, <laughs> I think he's getting paid to do some different yeah, things. 
Um, yeah. Well, interesting too. Uh, nepotism is alive and well, and uh, Max at twenty-seven, uh, uh, his professional career has flamed out, and he was a wide receivers coach in a spring season, and now he's the offensive coordinator. Very well. I mean, you know, you may only get one shot. You want to do it with the people you know and love. That's that's Clay Helton's strategy. And, uh-huh. Going to serve Ed McCaffrey well as well. Yeah, especially, um, especially when you have no head coaching experience yourself. Um, yeah, well, I think he coached some high school football. Prior. Oh yes, sorry, excuse me. He coached Valor Christian uh, for two seasons. I think, he, I think he most recent he like lost in the state championship game. So like, pretty successful high school football coach. But it's rare to see. It's a big leap. So we'll see. Well, it sounds uh, like he was at a private school, so he's got recruiting down. Um, <laughs> that's right. Uh, key transfers for Colorado. Uh, primary one, the most notable one is Max Ray, is an offensive tackle that transferred from Ohio State. Um, Isn't it interesting? I, you, you know, you mentioned the transfers. We've got Ohio State, Oklahoma. A lot of these. Uh, this is just kind of a, an aside. Are our recruiting rankings overrated? In the sense that you get these kids, but everybody's players are going to flame out. I guess if you're just lining up four and five stars, when the attrition happens, you still have four and five stars. So maybe I answered my own question there. No, I think I think that probably the media coverage and cadence is a little behind the times. And maybe this is like recruiting in 2001 where they haven't really um, – gotten used to the significance and and like the obvious significance right you've you know you've seen seasons in the past like you know players like um you know justin fields and jalen hurts and these other big time transfer quarterbacks that are playing in the playoff for four teams you know that they yeah <laughs> for in hurts's case prior to transferring and after transferring yeah, 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 yeah. right um and so you've got um, I, I just, to me, you know, we just talked about Utah, like their starting quarterback is a transfer who's thrown for almost 10,000 yards. That's, that's more significant than any recruit they could have coming in. And yet sure, sure. I think probably more, more people focus on, you know, the December and January and February signing periods. Right. And because that's, that's certainly still more numbers, but some of the teams we're talking about, um, you know, there's, there's some Pac-12 schools that have, eight, nine, 10 incoming transfers this year. And so it can be almost, and, and, and these are guys are, these are guys that have been in college weight rooms for two or three years, maybe four years. Um, they're grown men that are ready to play. So they can, I think you're, you could have a transfer class that's more impactful than a recruiting class. And, and also a very strange year uh, too. Like this will probably be no, a different year. Right. You've got an extra set of super seniors and and folks that um essentially but i but that will play out for multiple years now tim because you have a lot of guys that basically got an extra year of eligibility from last year right uh the one of the sids at the university of washington tweeted out today that they have seven six seniors and 77 freshmen (laughs) now granted most of i'm not most of the freshmen but you have a lot of walk-ons in that freshman class too but still right i mean yeah um so i mean i think you know there's there's some teams um including asu and colorado that are you know it's going to be more impactful the next team we're going to talk about stanford i couldn't i couldn't find a single notable transfer for them in the last like 18 months and that that might be just different strategies um you know, Stanford, yeah. it's probably a lot harder to get some random guy to transfer in from a different college if he hasn't really been applying himself. So uh, the other school that didn't have, uh, which we'll talk about, is Oregon. And so it's like, well, if your recruiting is truly on point, maybe you don't need transfers. You're not looking for transfers, right? Whereas some of these other schools are kind of like trying to staunch the bleeding in certain areas on their roster. Yeah. That that's very true. Uh, what what is your adjective for the Northern Colorado Colorado game? Uh, it's going to be a fifty five seventeen ravaging by the Colorado Buffalo. Ravaging 
I call it a boat race. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. It's gonna, <laughs> I mean, I'm not impressed with Northern Colorado, and nothing against Mr. Uh, Ed McCaffrey and his. Well, it'll be a short bus ride home. Yeah, short bus right now, but in his non-existent shoulder pads. But I, I just, <laughs> I, I just question. Uh, I mean, it's his first game. He had success as a high school coach. You're being a leader of men, but I mean, no, there's probably not a single player on his roster other than maybe his son at yeah. quarterback that Colorado would be want on their roster. Right? Yeah. So. I think okay. some, let's, something let's, similar to that score will be. So let's move on to Saturday, where yeah. the close-minded traditionalists play football. Yeah. Um, we first game I've got on the on the list here is uh, Stanford at K State uh, in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, the name of the stadium in Manhattan, Kansas, Tim. Is it like Bill Snyder Family Memorial Stadium? Very, very close. Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Okay. Um, last year, not dead, so I shouldn't wouldn't be memorial. <laughs> yeah, it's not a memorial yet. <laughs> uh, last year they introduced beer and wine throughout the stadium. Uh, at, they took a fan poll in the off season and decided to scale it back significantly. So they're going back to just a limited beer garden. Um, the other major change to the fan experience that they added a nursing mother's room to the stadium. So that's oh. really, that's a big, big boon to all the mothers that want to take their six month old child into a football stadium in the, during a pandemic, no judgment. Um, <clears throat> K-State lost their five final games, finished five and six um starting qb skylar thompson i think he i think he had a few of the starts last year but i don't think he was the um you know wire to wire starter so not a stellar quarterback um but they do have a guy named deuce vaughn great name uh sounds like a name in like from any given sunday or something uh he ran true freshman last year 123 rushing attempts 642 yards um which I do not think, given Kansas State's style of play, and that, that um, K-State has a, a running back of that caliber, I don't think that bodes well for Stanford, who we talked about last week. Yeah. Rush gave up like 220-plus yards rushing per game. Um, I mentioned before, no, no real notable transfers. Uh, my adjective is that Stanford's going to get battered like the fried PB&Js at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. 27-24 loss for the Cardinal. Wow. Well, I will jump in and say this is an interesting matchup. I think it two and a half point spread. So it's not, you know, and you should have mentioned that you want your uh, little apple uh, wildcats to uh, cover that spread. Uh, Interesting thing about them. Their coach uh, is the um, former North Dakota state coach, Chris, Chris Kleeman, Kleeman four national championships in his five years there. And it's funny because he took over. Um, Where was he at? Sorry, you said? He was at North Dakota State. Okay. Uh, obviously, the guy he replaced, Scott Wyoming, he keeps the train moving and gets a power five job. Now, granted, some would argue Kansas State maybe one of the uh, – uh, really only one coach has been successful, and that's the man the stadium's named after. But uh, – Trying to think of a good adjective for uh, this game. I mean, battered is I, – I, I, I like that. That, that. That's very good. I might uh, – yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. I mean, not to, not to be a yes man, but, I mean, that seems, seems about it. I mean, just kind of couples – not, you know, that's, Stanford loves that smash mouth, and if they're going to lose, it's going to – to a team like Kansas State. Well, and I'm, I'm trying to be somewhat ideologically consistent. I, I, you know, said I thought Stanford was a little overrated, and I don't think they were. You know, I just think they might be one of the weaker teams in the conference. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, yeah. Maybe their new quarterback has a great start, um, but uh, guilty until proven innocent in my in my mind. <laughs> okay, so uh, tight loss, big loss. Oh, I think it's close. I think I think they. I think they lose just going on the road. I obviously want them to win. Uh, wait, no, we don't have rooting interest here. Uh, West Coast, best coast. But, yeah, I think I think it's first game of the year. You're going middle of the country, a place that you don't typically be. I think it's – I think you're I think you're right. It's, it's, it's within a touchdown. Okay. All right. 
next game, Fresno State at Oregon, 20-point spread for the Ducks in favor of the Ducks. Um, we mentioned last week that the starting quarterback situation hadn't been totally resolved. That has since been resolved. Anthony Brown, the Boston College transfer, uh, is in fact, I should admit, he, he played for the Ducks last year, but transferred in prior to that, um, is going to be the starter. Uh, kind of interestingly, the, the kind of four to five star guy they was presumed to be the other, you know, front runner, Ty Thompson. Yeah. Um, was not named the backup. They basically said they're, they're still battling it out for that spot, which I thought was interesting and, and somewhat surprising. Um, Fresno State did play last weekend. They um, they had a pretty solid season last year and opened with a 45 to nothing home win over UConn. Um, Fresno State's quarterback is a familiar name to Husky fans, Jake oh, yeah. Hayner. Hayner, yes. Uh, he went 20 for 26, 331 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Now, I was looking at this on ESPN. His QBR for that, that stat line was 64.1. I thought that would, to me, I thought you would have a stratospheric QBR. Yeah, you'd going be like to, near 100, right? Yeah, I would think so. But I, for some reason, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know the algorithm, but I was, I was kind of shocked by that. Um, let's see. For the, for the Ducks, I mentioned they didn't really, really had no meaningful incoming transfers. You could say Anthony Brown, but that was obviously, you know, more than a season ago. So that's kind of a stretch. Um, Fresno State, despite having a pretty, um, you know, resounding win, they did only have 4.1 yards per carry on the ground. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, if I'm, if I'm Tim DeRoyter, I probably try to just stuff the run, make them one dimensional. Um, be physical in the secondary yeah that's um i think uh and now de reuter former former fresno coach if i right yeah, remember yep correctly uh the new coach kalen DeBoer, uh 71 and six all-time record also three naia national titles at sioux falls so uh probably the toughest game he's ever Ever will coach. Uh, hmm. I I think this will be explosive. <laughs> I think uh, you think it's going to be a blowout. I think it will be. Uh, I think if Oregon's the team that people think they are, it's a twenty and a half point spread. So, I think uh, I think Oregon covers that easily. I think Fresno's a pretty dang good team. Uh, the word I wrote down was unruffled as in feathers um 38 20 win for oregon so i think i think fresno kind of maybe keeps it close for the first half like i mentioned i think eventually ducks kind of make them one-dimensional and and um and put them away so 38 20 so i think we're we're mostly on the same page obviously we've got some pretty one-sided games so far um Jumping into maybe another one that might be – maybe we'll both have the same opinion. I'm not sure. Uh, San Jose State at the University of Southern California, 14-and-a-half-point spread. Another team that um, did get out and, and get a game last week. So San Jose State, you know, had to, had to tune up against Southern Utah, uh, 45-14 win. Um, so I think that at least is uh, something of a, of a help. Trivia for you on San Jose State. Uh, I'm not going to ask you what city they're in. Uh, I know you know that they are the Spartans. What state? <laughs> um, so uh, would you say, would you guess that their uh, stadium is sponsored by A, a technology company, B, a credit union, or C, a casino? I'm going to guess B if I remember correctly. You're correct. It's the Citizens Equity First Credit Union, CEFCU Stadium. Um, quarterback Nick Starkle, uh, you might have recognized him from several previous lives, including quarterbacking at Texas A&M from 2016 to 2018 and at Arkansas in 2019. And he gets um, to stick around another year. He's a, col he's a college journeyman, which is a rare, rare thing. It's Van Wilder. It, it, maybe it was a rare thing. It may soon no longer be a rare thing. Uh, career completion percentage for Mr. Starkle is 60%, uh, 43 touchdowns, 24 INTs. Um, uh, San Jose State was perfect last year, 7-0. Uh, Mountain West champs, 
So it's it's a good team. Uh, they have a, a defensive end, Viliami, uh, um, uh, butcher it. I think it's Fahoko. Um, legit defensive end, 12 and a half TFL, six sacks last year in a seven game season. So they've got some legit players. Uh, when I look at him, I, I, I'm mainly going off of the quarterback. I kind of expect him to stub his, stub his foot multiple times in the Coliseum and, and give, give USC some good field position and or some uh, a pick six. Um, I think this game will be closer than it should be. Just like I, I said, the spread's 14 and a half. Uh, I guess I am picking USC to cover barely, uh, given the expectations for USC for and the talent they have on the roster. My, my cluster 36 20. I think it's I think it's a a 30 like a 29 20 game late, and then USC gets a garbage touchdown to make it look slightly better than it was. What did you say the adjective was? Lackluster. Lackluster. Uh, I will quote the greatest college football analyst of all time. Not so fast, my friend. Okay. San Jose I, State. I, 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 USC will win, but I'm going to say nail biter. It's going to be something like 31-28. I, dude, I, I can't argue with you. I, the, the sheer volume of players that sit out in average practice for Clay Helton, like they're never prepared, especially to come out to start the season. Um, so yeah, the, the, I, I can't, can't argue with that at all. The talent is obviously in USC's favor. The coaching though, is the head coach is the better head coaches on the opposite sideline. I would not argue with that. And uh, I will argue with that very infrequently when talking about USC football. <laughs> I, I just think, I mean, Brent Brennan, 16 and 30 at San Jose state, a always tough place to play i mean they've always are in danger of no home field advantage always in danger of sliding back down to uh right the lower level because of lack of attendance i, I guess i shouldn't say it's not a home field advantage but he's 16 and 30 like you said 7 and 0 in conference uh one lost their bowl game to ball state last year uh but uh flirted a little bit with the arizona job so he's He's uh, he's getting looks. He's looking yeah. for his opportunity, probably, but yeah, hasn't had it yet. Yeah. So yeah, this, it's, this, it's this interesting. You know, you, you talked about like a program that's at disadvantages. You kind of wonder, you know, and you mentioned some of the transfers we talked about earlier, guys that maybe weren't quite cracking the two deep uh, at call it like you know a top fifteen program or something like that, and so yeah. they're going to a second tier Division one school and trying to be a starter um or just maybe it wasn't a good fit whatever uh maybe you know you also have like conversely guys that are playing at these fcs or lower you know lower division one programs um i should say fbs programs and have a great season and they're actually looking to transfer up to a more legit school you know like let's talk usc um you know talking about their transfers like taj washington who probably might wind up being USC's number wide receiver, number two wide receiver this year was had a nice little season at Memphis last year. And he's like, well, I kind of made a name for myself. I'd like to go. There's no penalty to transfer. So why don't I go somewhere where I'll get more eyeballs on me now? Well, it, it was like last year, uh, Jabril Cox went from North Dakota state and was considered an NFL draft prospect and went to LSU. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you know, go, you know, if there's, a, if you think you can crack the roster, you're going to play against better opposition practice all year, get yourself, you know, there's definitely going to be more scouts at your practices than, you know, at Memphis, for example, I mentioned Washington, the other, you know, I think probably the most significant transfer this year is Keontae Egram running back from Texas. He's almost certainly going to be the starting running back for USC um, kind of has all the tools, shifty, powerful, pretty good catching the ball out of the backfield. So he's missed most of camp but they still i mean the minute he walked back onto the field they put him back with the running with the ones so he's almost certainly going to be the starter all right anything else you want to say about that one Should we no. move on let's move on okay uh the mighty oregon state beavers at purdue can you name i know you know the city that purdue's in west lafayette indiana yeah do you know do you know the name of their stadium ross aid baby ross aid and do you know what or who that is named after what ross aid means hmm. is he an engineer of some sort uh it's two people uh both alumni 
I believe Ross was kind of like a journalist slash poet slash novelist. Troubadour. Um, and Aid was, I'm not sure what he did for a living, but eventually became like a longtime booster, was on like the board of governors or whatever for the university. So it, it's kind of cool to like have a stadium that's just, I don't, at least for all intents and purposes, I think, or by, for all appearances, wasn't just purchased. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually like due to reverence for, you know, out of respect for kind of revered. And they're not alumni. like governors, you know, I mean, like Martin Stadium and Pullman right. and that for a governor, you know. Right. So I don't know. It's kind of cool. Um, Purdue lost their last four games, finished two and four. Um, they got a new QB, Jack Plummer. Um, he was 0-3 in his, the starts he got. Well, he's, he was part of that uh, four-game finish, so uh, <laughs> still winless as a starter. Uh, they got a guy named George Karloftis. Uh, he had a phenomenal freshman year and I think got hurt. Well, actually, I think he got COVID or, you know, early on in the oh, season yeah. and basically sat out pretty much the entire season last year. But uh, in his in his you know time, he's already got 54 tackles, seven and a half sacks. Um, in his 2019 season. So he's going to be a factor on the field. Um, I told you I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty high on Oregon state, their favor, or sorry, the Purdue is favored by seven points, but I actually, I like, actually like the beefs. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going uh, Oregon state 31, 27 in a squeaker is my word. I'm going to use the term something's boiled, but I'm going to go big. <laughs> And that doesn't that doesn't have anything to do with Oregon's. That's, uh, that's not a law. cannabis law reference. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, I think I. I mean, I. I know we're going chalk so far, but I'm. I'm going to pick the Beavs as well. Uh, this is kind of the show me game for Jonathan Smith. I mean, granted, I guess winning the uh, North South battle in uh, against the Ducks last year, but uh, yeah, I mean, this, this. These are the wins that you need. It's. It's a mid to lower tier you know big 10 team or yeah and uh brian brahm not exactly a great coach i mean he nah, i shouldn't say that that, that was that's pretty harsh I, I just don't see why a team that was two and four and lost their final four games is yes. is has such a i mean they're hosting that's not yeah negligible right that's usually worth three to four points in college football um but to me, I just I don't see on paper why this team should be favored by a touchdown against Oregon State, which I guess what were they like two and three? So you could argue that they were just as unimpressive. But yeah, but I also I also liked a lot of the things I saw out of them. I think they they played like a well coached team. They just didn't don't always have the talent, and I think they're going to have comparable talent to to Purdue. Yeah, and Purdue lost uh, Rondell Moore, their best player. Um, I mean, they're electric. Yep. Yeah, and there's I don't have a I don't have a quarterback on the opposite sideline that I'm I'm worried about either. And at least no. Oregon State, they may not start Gavia, but they at least you know have the option of of that returning starter. Um, we mentioned last week, or the Beavs have a guy named Deshaun Fenwick who's going to get probably a bunch of carries at running back. He transferred from South Carolina, um, and they also you know one of the other guys battling for the quarterback position is Sam Neuer who transferred from Colorado. Um, so they, they do have some transfers that are you know probably going to help them out as well. And I, I believe on if you were making a power rankings of teams with the most incoming transfers, I, I believe the Beavs would be towards the top of the list there. Well, hey, yeah, you know, beautiful visit, beautiful sunny Corvallis. All right, so we're both we're both uh, on the record for a, t- a relatively close Oregon State victory. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next game on the roster, seen in the Pac-12 North. Mighty Montana Grizzlies at the University of Washington. Um, interestingly, the Grizzlies play at Washington Dash Grizzly Stadium, uh, which is named after Dennis Washington, who's a construction magnet. Guess how much money it cost him to get his name on this on their stadium? Hundred in, grand in nineteen eighty five. Hundred grand. You're in the right ballpark. It only cost them a million dollars back in 1985. And somehow they haven't sold it to a higher bidder since then. Um, I thought that was interesting. Uh, I mean, 
what do you want to say about um, the Grizz? Well, they have uh, they've got multiple players who are really maxing out their NLI or NI name image NIL, yeah. uh, promoting multiple uh, energy drinks on their Instagram for oh. compensation, as well as a uh, topical cryotherapy spray. Oh. So yeah, I'm not sure they're making at least, you know, four figures on those deals, I'm sure. So good for them. Uh, Grizzlies are picked to finish second in the big sky. Um, ninth ranked team in FCS. So a legit, I mean, this is a team that I think has made some noise and been a pretty regular entrant in the, entrant in the FCS playoffs the last couple of years. Yeah, kind um, of a return to glory for them. They brought back uh, Bobby Hawk, uh, former coach, went to UNLV, failed as everyone that goes to UNLV does. <laughs> um, that's really just a cursed job. I mean, even John Robinson, USC legendary coach. It's tough. Do. I don't know what I, – I couldn't point you to all the, all the underlying structural factors, but – I mean, I, mean, I guess, think, I mean, especially over the last 20 years, as it's become a major U.S. city that isn't just a gambling town. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's there's a huge, they have successful high school football programs, right? Like, uh, what's the what's the name of that program there? Gorman, Bishop Gorman. Bishop Gorman's yeah. like one of the top 10 high school football programs in the country. They, you know, tried hiring the Bishop Gorman coach, right? And that didn't yeah. work either. And he, he didn't do <laughs> terrible. I mean, they've. Not terrible, but not. Hired him. I mean, I mean, regularly below five hundred. Oh yeah, yeah. He started to look like he might turn the corner, and then no, they. Uh, yeah, it. It's a. Uh, I mean, but I mean, Bobby had success in Montana at the previous uh, his previous stop, and in Montana, kind of went away from it, made them successful. Had a few years of missing the playoffs. Uh, great college town. Been to the stadium once before. Uh, they love their Grizz. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful part of the country. Uh, they're they're going to be eager to get back to it after they are disfigured 48-7 to 7 by oh. the University of Washington Huskies. I, I, I was just going to go cliche and say mauled. Um. <laughs> that's good. That's good. A little on the nose. But that's little good. on the, yeah. No. Okay. All right. We have four more games to get through. Yeah. Um, for, those, for those of you scoring at home. Um, I do not have a spread yet, and maybe that's because of a few things we might talk about in a sec. But L- when I L- checked, LSU I saw- at UCLA. You're but, talking this game, you didn't have a spread. Uh, I did not see for the Husky game either. But I oh, I, yeah, Husky game not because Montana's. Uh, yes. For LSU at UCLA, I yeah, think I the reason they don't have a spread, so kind of news. I had LSU Come- minus three and a half. Okay. I think they might have put it on pause because – uh, the news came out that LSU is actually relocating to Houston oh. to practice this week um, because of Hurricane Ida. And so, um, yeah, I think maybe there, people are just – maybe the odds makers are recalibrating for for that fact. But there were, like, pictures of, you know, LSU's poor game – you know, managed manager, you know, team manager team trying to get everything into boxes and put it on a truck. Yeah. Which that would be really stressful to have to do that uh, – for a whole extra week of practice and a whole week earlier than you're planning to and feel bad for those guys. Most of whom are probably volu- student volunteers. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hopefully they uh, can hitch a ride ahead. on the truck and make it out to Cali. Uh, yeah. At least when I worked with the program, those guys, the student managers, there were probably 15 to 20 of them. And the way it worked was your senior year, two student managers got scholarships for that for their senior year only so like otherwise all they got was a few scraps of free gear and then team meals but they basically worked 15 to 20 hours a week for literally nothing just to be a part of the team yeah. so um jumping back to football lsu was five and five last year um horrible historically awful for them defense um, which is odd because they have some electric, like defensive talent. Uh, let let Bo Pelini go in the offseason, hired uh, Durante Jones. Um, like I mentioned, they've got, um, we've talked about this before in previous conversations in other places. You know, Derek Stingley, their cornerback, is probably a top three pick in the NFL draft. He probably 
had he been allowed to go, you know, he's a true junior this year. Had he been in the draft this year, I think he would have been a top eight pick. I mean, he's an incredible cover corner. Um, but they just haven't, they just had a horrible defense last year. Um, I think, uh, I, I think they'll be better. Uh, UCLA and in particular, Mr. Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah. Uh, as you know, they, I shouldn't be so skeptical. They won 44 to 10. Uh, they did run the ball well. So maybe, maybe they just get it done on the ground. Um, to me, with um, the cornerbacks that LSU has, I kind of expect them to, to keep a muzzle on, uh, on DTR. Um, you know, maybe this whole discombobulated, you know, practicing in Houston and flying out might throw them off as well. There might be just as many LSU fans in the Rose Bowl as there are UCLA fans based on the turnout last week and how rabid LSU fans are. Um, I've got a sloppy slugfest. Um, UCLA, UCLA losing 30 to 24. What did you say the adjective again? Sorry. I kind of cheated. I used two words. I used sloppy slugfest. Sloppy slugfest. I am going to say, I don't know if it's an adjective, catalyst. As in, this is the catalyst to UCLA. Turn in the corner. Turn in the corner. You and Kirk Herbstreet are really high on UCLA. Me and Kirk, we're, we're great. Um, no, I... Uh, you, you're seeing those glimpses also getting a few of those kinks out. I mean, obviously, they have tape on the, the skill players. Uh, LSU will have tape on the skill players. But there's a lot of things. And I, w- I would have said this even without the uh, relocation to Houston, but LSU is going to be a little bit in disarray. Uh, Ed yeah. Ogeron is still uh, the coach. And you can say, well, he won a national championship. You're right, but he doesn't have – Brady or Burrow. Uh, yeah, or the coordinators, right? Or the coordinators. Um, and, uh, I mean, these are – I mean, Chip Kelly, I mean, if it's close – I mean, obviously LSU has the better talent. But I think, uh, I think UCLA has to be up 10 going into the fourth quarter. Absolutely. Because if, if it's a three-point game, DTR is going to implode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, in my yeah. in my yeah. opinion, the player. But uh, LSU's quarterback situation, real quick, uh, supposed to be a two man battle between Max Johnson and Miles Brennan. Miles Brennan went down with an arm injury like August fourth, mm-hmm. so basically the quarterback competition was over before it got started. Uh, Max Johnson, uh, he did play a decent amount last year, but his completion percentage was he's definitely a game manager. Fifty eight percent completion percentage, like really low yards per attempt. Uh, eight to one TD to INT ratio. So takes care of the ball, but is not probably going to produce a ton of explosive plays, at least based on last year. Um, yeah. So you, I, so you got a higher ceiling quarterback on the other side of the field for UCLA. And certainly I think they could win. You think they will win. I think they will win. And I think uh, this is uh, the biggest game of Chip's UCLA career. I mean, it certainly would be huge for the conference to get to get a, a yes. SEC win, it, even against. You know, speaking of Herb Street, though, I he picked he picked LSU as the sleeper in the SEC, the sleeper team. So he thinks that they're kind of uh, just you know dramatically underperformed. I think they turn it around. Maybe, maybe I'm getting this wrong. I think they might have shown shown out a little bit better at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, they were rough. Weeks. I mean, they were horrendous. Sorry, they, they played better at the end of the season, but. I mean, but I that might have also been uh, based on who they were playing. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I, I'm picking LSU and you got UCLA. Yeah. All right. Three more games. Nevada at Cal. Cal is favored by only three and a half. Um, Nevada Wolfpack. Uh, quarterback Carson Strong. Uh, he was the Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year, completed 70% of his passes, threw for 27, 27 TDs last year. Um, kind of the, the downside for Nevada, they gave up a lot of big plays and had a lot of penalties. Sounds like a 
Sorry, I shouldn't be so down on Clay Helton. Sounds like a Clay Helton coach team. Um, uh, Jay Norvell is their coach. Might be a familiar name. Uh, they blew a 13-point lead against San Jose State. Otherwise, you know, they would have been in the, the Mountain West Championship game. So this is, a, this is a really solid team. I think some people have them in the top 25. Um, you know, they've, it's been a long time since Nevada's had this solid of a program. Um, Norvell might be coaching in the Pac, uh, Pac-12 next year. I mean, yeah. there are a couple of jobs that could open up. Yep. Um, so I, I still, I still like Cal on this. I, you know, they're one of the teams along with Oregon State that I think maybe takes another baby step forward this year. It's at Cal. Uh, you know, until Chase Garber's actually, you know, throws a rainbow deep strike and <laughs> proves me wrong as to what kind of quarterback he is. I, I do think it'll still be sort of an ugly game. I wrote muddled morass Cal 30 to 20. I am going to, I mean, they play at strawberry Canyon and I'm going to say they're going to be cherry picked by, <laughs> by Nevada. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't strongly disagree with you. What do you, what do you see well, happening? I mean, what you mentioned, right. If this is a team that gives up big plays. There's no better team to play than Cal who doesn't make big plays. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, not, not, not the kind of uh, style that you'd be, be worried against. Yeah. Against. I mean, Cal, Cal, Cal seems to be a team that, uh, you know, it's kind of like my beloved university of Washington Husky football team that doesn't seem to be able to go on the road and win an unconference game. Cal always strikes me as a team that just doesn't win these games. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. All right. So we're, we're diametrically opposed and yeah. on a couple picks. That's good. We'll, we'll, we'll be able to have some separation the next week. All right. Uh, second to last game, penultimate game on our list here, Tim. Yeah. Um, BYU Cougs at Arizona, but it's, it's being played in Vegas. So it's not, you know, in Arizona stadium. Um, BYU favored by 11 and a half. We talked last week, you know, a lot of folks still have BYU as a top 15 potentially team. Um, you know, they were third nationally on offense last year. Um, but, you know, Zach Wilson was, you know, their quarterback last year. To, to me, I don't, I don't think that means a lot going into this year. They do have a couple uh, wide receivers. Puka. In, uh, both Puka and Samson Nakua you know, join BYU from Washington and Utah, respectively. So they've got some playmakers coming in. Um, the other thing for BYU, seven of their top 10 top tacklers are gone from last year. Uh, they do have a running back, Tyler Algier, had 1,100 yards last season, so they're going to pound the rock. Um, and it doesn't matter because Arizona is terrible, and even a middling team is going to throw them. I've got this as a 30 – three to 10 gutting wow. for, for BYU. I, I don't, I don't see Arizona putting up a fight. I would, I, I really want to pick Arizona, but BYU, as we mentioned, uh, they're used to playing pack 12 teams. There's no intimidation factor. Solid. Stake has got a good program. Won the Boca Raton bowl. Did they win the Boca Raton bowl? Yes. Um, Sorry, I questioned myself there. But 11 and one season. Uh, I will call this a, even though they're in Vegas, a sun scorching. Uh, you know, it would have been sun scorching in Tucson as well. But yeah, I, I don't see, uh, with all the good vibes that uh, Jed Fish is bringing, uh, even a good program. I mean, I, I think of 22 years ago when, uh, Rick Neuheisel took over UW in his first game. They played BYU at, at BYU. And even then, you know, a, a team with the talent that UW had in the, after the, in the late nineties and, and uh, couldn't get past a, a BYU team. So uh, granted, I know that's different players and yada, 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 but it's tough to beat a solid program. Lost the, uh, lost the transfer thread there for a little bit. Oh, yeah. um, Arizona has another team that understandably, has a lot yeah. of transfers, both in and out. Um, nine transfers in from last during this offseason. Uh, the best-looking one, uh, linebacker Treshawn Howard, who was the – I think he's from Buffalo. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you can correct if I'm, this is the wrong yeah. conference. He was the 2019 Mac defensive Mac player Brady, of the year. Yeah. Um, so seems like he could be like a solid plug and play, uh, you know, season linebacker for them. But I think he's going to need a lot more help that he's going to get. Yeah. They need a couple of, <clears throat> uh, yeah, just jumping back to a couple of teams that we, I, I missed on earlier, uh, for UW, Brennan Radley Hines, right. Yep. Uh, from cornerback from Oklahoma. And then I think you were mentioning this guy, Jalen Polk, who's a wide receiver from Texas tech is, has kind of been, he made a few preseason stories about making some plays in, in camp. Then you got Jackson from Michigan, who's, um, short return returner receiver, but he'll be, uh, another one for him. Yeah, so I won't jump around too much more. Uh, for UCLA, we already mentioned Zach Charbonnet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay Toya, defensive lineman, transferred from USC, and I, I saw his jersey out there a lot. Um, so he's clearly an uh, LA Keho, a, a two-timer. Was <laughs> at UW. UW, right? Transferred to Alabama, and then two seasons later, he's kind of like a role, maybe not even second string and special teams guy for Bama. And then it, it looks like the same. At UCLA, yeah. unfortunately for him, he did block a punt. Block but a I did punt. not. I did not see him out there at all. Even he, he when, had a sack. He was listed as having a sack. So okay. When I went so I think he close. got. I think he got a garbage time sack in the second half because I didn't see him in the first half at all. Um, and then sorry, really quick, Cal uh, Raymond Woody the third uh, is the defensive back from FSU. He had fifteen. Uh, he had two and a half tackles for loss last year for for FSU. His dad was on Taggart's staff, so that's kind of why he transferred out. Was he, he hung around for another year and then decided I'm out of here, so he's at Cal now. Okay, last last Pac-12 game we've got to discuss: Utah State at Washington State. Uh, Gary Anderson, who we mentioned earlier, he did another midseason exit last yep. year. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you wonder about that. You know, I mean, and not to make light of the, the situation, but you wonder if. You hope everything's okay with him. I mean, that seems yeah. to be. Yeah, something's not sustainable in his uh, yeah. life, clearly. Um, the, the Aggies have a new coach, Blake Anderson. He came from Arkansas State. I feel uh, bad for well, – I mean, this dude, I mean, uh, in the sense of uh, the four coaches before him all were only there a year, and he had to coach 88 games at Arkansas State. <laughs> Yeah, um, he's inheriting a team that had the 123rd total offense and 120th total defense. This is, I mean, Utah State used to be like a pretty, you know, physical team that would actually give Pac-12 teams trouble. And, you know, they were competing for Mountain West titles. Doesn't seem like that long ago. And honestly, when Gary Anderson was there and kind of in his prime, if you will. Um, I'm going WSU in a shellacking 45-14. I, I, Utah State seems really bad. I yeah, think it's going to be it, rough. It, it's interesting about uh, Blake Anderson, too, because he was um, uh, – the th- three of the coaches before him were Malzahn, uh, Butch Jones, and uh, uh, Harson. So, you know, all those, I mean, all those jobs were parlayed into Auburn, Cincinnati, Boise State, and then Cincinnati to Tennessee, and and uh, Boise State to Auburn for um, for Harson. So it's kind of kind of interesting that he kind of, I mean, it seems like a lateral move at best, yeah, right? At best, yes. I mean, uh, and like you said, I mean, I think they're going to get uh, mutilated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, by the Cougs. I mean, the, uh, yeah, I mean, just having that one year head start, even with whatever distractions they have, I mean, he's, he's got his offense installed and, uh, besides the one receiver that uh, was taping the phone calls, uh, another receiver got injured, but Wazoo's got a lot of the same guys. And then as we mentioned last week, uh, Borgie, uh, will still be returning. So I think, uh, yeah. Being, I think I think you know I, I'm not expecting a lot from WSU, but I'm expecting them to be one of the worst. Yes, 
you know, teams they could imagine face. Yeah. So. And th- this is the type of game that, I mean, Rolovich with whatever off field distractions he's been having, he just cannot lose this game. Yes. You know, literally and figuratively. Yeah. It would be yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, Tim. Yeah. Uh, so we've covered the Pac 12. I think, I think we need to have a non conference, you know, win and loss record. So okay. uh, we're going to wrap up today by picking kind of three of the premier, you know, out of conference games. Okay. I think, I think as a gentleman's agreement, we should agree to not study up for these ones to have. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I am, I am surprised here an, when you're saying an educated so. pick. Uh, so I promised that I did not read anything about these games or, or study up on it. Um, and then maybe next week you can pick the games to keep me off yes. Uh, yes. on my back foot as well. Um, first game, number 19, Penn State at number 12, Wisconsin. Wisconsin favored by four and a half. Yes. And we're picking straight up. I've got whiskey. I will take Wisconsin as well. Um, okay. This one's more fun. Yeah. Number 23, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns at the Fighting Sarks. Number 21, Texas. Texas favored by eight. I'm going to take Louisiana. I'm going to take Texas only because you said Louisiana. I wanted to take Louisiana, yeah. but uh, just, just so we have uh, some separation here, I'll, I'll go with Texas and my for Sark. Uh, I've seen him and his defensive coordinator. They're installing a new system. Granted, they have better talent in Texas than either one of them. Well, no, let me rephrase that. Then Sark inherited when he took UW. Kiewikowski had some pretty good talent when he got to UW. But Napier's a great coach, man. Yeah. No, he's he's building something. So it's yeah. another one of those another one of those programs where you you don't go into that profession with a small ego, and so most guys are never going to be content being but at he's sticking job. around he, he yeah was so we'll see job last year so i mean unless yeah. he's holding out for saban to retire right maybe he's a real bill snyder but yeah we'll see okay uh last game biggest game of the week i think in most people's eyes number five georgia air, air quotes at number three clemson uh clemson favored by three the game's being played in charlotte uh at this is called the Duke's Mayo Classic. Is Duke's a brand of mayonnaise? They I've must never be. Heard of that before. <laughs> I haven't either. I, we got, uh, got Duke's uh, Chowder House, or yeah. So you got uh, JD Daniel or JT Daniels, I should say. Sorry, excuse me. Against DJ Ugalele, a um, couple of elite quarterbacks, a couple of West Coast kids. Yeah, um, expats. I'm gonna go with yeah expats. I'm gonna go with Clemson. Just track records okay i like georgia yeah okay i haven't so, seen enough from from dj I, I've, I've at least seen what uh, jt can do what, for a couple teams very interesting because you always accuse me of hating Dabo, which i do but um i'm picking him okay i guess you're well, just a coward oh yeah sure <laughs> well yeah i'm taking the higher ranked team really going on a limb there um well, it was a good week. Uh, okay. You know, I, I think it will be uh, – we're going off very limited information this week, uh, one game. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, – another thing for San Jose State as well is they got a uh, game uh, against Southern Utah already. So. Yeah. So, like, you know, we've got – this is kind of a tune-up week for most teams. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, most of the Pac-12 teams, um, you know, you really, really would – kind of hope and expect that Pac-12 emerges from this with, you know, 10 unbeaten teams. Yep. Um, you know, we talked about a couple of these where they're either, you know, not favored or it's 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 going to be a, a tip ball. Um, but, you know. If they go six and six, there's no there's respect a, for the conference. There's a lot, there's not a lot of upside. There's a couple games with upside and there's a lot of potential. You yeah. Know, I mean, uh, the – ashes sackcloth and ashes if if uh you know if cal, cal drops the game arizona gets embarrassed ucla stubs their toe at home you know so yeah not to be a negative nancy i i, no. I think we both we both expect pretty good things from this weekend but yeah um yeah we you know a couple couple jump balls that need to need to go the pack 12's way and then 
the big, big weekend comes, comes next week. Well, yeah, that's great. Well, we will, we will come back next week with maybe not so much a review of these games, but we'll have the more information to preview the, to assess the pivotal, pivotal, pivotal September 11th weekend. Yeah. Which looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, there's some big games for the, for the conference that weekend. So for uh, Cody Peterson, I'm Tim Kelly, and this has been Best Coast Football.